Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor. Jaguars for the first time in franchise history earn a win trailing by seven with a minute or less. They were 0 and 183. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence and company got the job done. Clay, how about it? Man, what a game. I just rewatched it um, this morning just to just to relive that. Oh, you muted yourself, Clay. All right. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I was getting a little too excited. So I rewatched the game this morning um, to relive that magic because during Sunday, you know, I got the you know, I got the NFL ticket. So I got a couple TVs going. I'm watching the Bears. I'm watching the and man, what a game. What a finish. Trevor Lawrence, what a comeback. No timeouts. Two minutes. Set how many 75 yard drive? Yeah. Incredible two-point conversion. Pass couldn't have been anywhere else to Zay Jones. Pass couldn't have been anywhere else to Marvin Jones. That is elite quarterback play. And I hope we put some of these doubters to rest. Cause wow, this morning I'm I'm sipping my coffee and I'm still I, I'm like, there's no way they're gonna win this game, even though I know they do win this game. Yeah. The the Ravens drive down the field. I go, okay, there's no way the game's over. I go, Clay, you know the Jaguars come back and win this. They came back and win. Trevor Lawrence, what a signature victory. Come from behind. No timeouts. Two-minute drill. You love to see it. Doug Peterson, just talking about it. This man has some, some cojones, as, as they say. To go for it at home, two-point conversion down one? Wow. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still you know, the heart's beating a little fast, you know, from watching it this morning from Sunday. What a, what a win. Yeah, and he wasn't the only coach to do that this week. We had two of them. Brandon Staley did the same thing for the Chargers. Yeah, these guys, Crazy. I mean, it's just become such a league of everybody just wants to be so aggressive, and that, that never used to be the case. It used to be a conservative league, I feel like, and a lot of these younger coaches, you make the switch. Now you got Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia, goes for it every third and or every fourth down. I mean, it's just it's crazy to see the changes that have happened. I think Doug Peterson was really the pioneer of some of the stuff of being really yeah. aggressive back when he was in Philly. And now you've seen a lot of coaches kind of taking after him and seeing what he was able to do with have some success with that strategy. But man, what a what an exciting week for the NFL, but especially an exciting week for the Jaguars. And you know, hey, we also saw a couple of our teams lose, uh the, the Titans, the the Colts. So maybe p- 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 playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about playoffs a little bit later in the show. But yeah. we're going to continue talking about this game a little bit here and we'll talk about, you know, the road ahead a little bit, some some takeaways and some predictions for what's going to go down the rest of the season. But just talking about Trevor Lawrence. You you said it all, right? In terms of this was his statement performance. This was his performance where you're like, Trevor Lawrence has arrived. He is a franchise quarterback. And for me, part of that has to do with how well he played the two games prior. This is now a three-game stretch where you're talking about Trevor Lawrence playing at a Pro Bowl level for three consecutive games. And it's been against Derek Carr. It's been against 
Patrick Mahomes, and it's been against Lamar Jackson. You know, three, you can certainly say Lamar and Mahomes are upper echelon. Mahomes is probably the best. But Derek Carr is a quality starter who's been in this league for a really long time. And uh, when you look at Trevor Lawrence from a statistical standpoint, what he's done over these three weeks, uh, when you look at what, uh, yeah, I got it pulled up here. From weeks 9 to 12, which Trevor Lawrence has played three games, he is PFF's second highest graded quarterback in the NFL. He has the highest adjusted completion percentage in the NFL. And he has the third highest quarterback rating in the NFL over that stretch. I mean, he is playing elite football right now. Those uh, numbers are incredible. It's crazy. And what's even better for me than the numbers is when you go break it down, what he's actually doing out there. He is playing the quarterback position at an unbelievable level from a mechanical standpoint, from a processing standpoint, from accuracy. I mean, you look at the way he's throwing from his base. There's no wasted movement in his drop back right now. He's he's dropping back, and as soon as he hits that that uh, back of his drop, the ball's out. He the just process- looks in control of everything. Yeah. Yeah, the processing is, ha- is happening incredibly quickly. He's getting the ball out with anticipation. And when you talk about all these things, anticipation, uh, command at the line of scrimmage, he's up there switching a lot of things at the line, pre-snap. Um, again, the footwork, no wasted movement. It's just, it's clinic stuff right now for Trevor Lawrence. It really is, man. This guy is is incredible. And just look at the numbers he's been able to put up. And, I mean, you said it. You just, you just read off some incredible numbers. And, the numbers don't even tell the full story, even though, I mean, they are incredible. Like you said, he just outplayed Lamar Jackson, one of the best quarterbacks in our league, 321 yards, nine or 74 QBR, 130 passer rating. Like these are, this, this guy is playing like a top five quarterback right now. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. in these last, this last month is playing like a top five quarterback. I know people are going to, be up in arms, you know, say Trevor Lawrence is not a right now. He is playing like a top five quarterback. The guy's doing a heck of a job. And the scary thing for the rest of the league is this guy's going to get Calvin Ridley next year. He's doing this with, I mean, obviously some decent receivers, but he's going to have a go-to guy next year, along with these same other receivers. This is about to get scary for some of these other teams in the league. And for this Jaguars offense, Trevor Lawrence has made strides that are, just incredible. Obviously, us in Jacksonville, the people that were close to the to the team that watched the team, knew that Trevor, with his year with Urban Meyer, had this ability. But everybody else in the league said, "Why is everybody so high on Trevor Lawrence? Look at his numbers last year. This guy was awful. You know, he won one, two games. Like, why? Why is everything Trevor Lawrence? And it's just it's so good to see." that everything that all of us saw in Trevor and we knew that it wasn't him. It was this Urban Meyer situation to see him playing at such a high level with a guy like Doug Peterson is great. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy for the city Duval because I think they found their future quarterback. And this is going to be a quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars that's going to win a lot of regular season games. And I see him winning a lot of playoff games. So this is an exciting time to be a Jaguars fan. 
Yeah, the big wins he's had and the big performances he's had have been against playoff caliber teams for the most part. Yeah. Uh, outside of the Raiders, but you look at and the Colts, but you look at he's gone head to head with Justin Herbert, beat him. Of course, Herbert was, you know, ailing with with the ribs there, but head to head with Patrick Mahomes didn't beat him, but played a really good game. Head to head with Lamar Jackson, really good game. Head to head with Josh Allen last year, really good game. So this is a guy that's showing up in in these moments against big time quarterbacks, and they don't play one on one. We know that, but when you step out on that field against a team that has a quarterback like those guys I mentioned, you know it's a heightened environment. You know you have to play your best ball, and he's been doing that. So I just love to see it. Now, has he been perfect? No, he has not been perfect. And he did have three turnover-worthy plays in the second half. Now, I wanted to ask you about a few of those as a player, like what you're thinking – when these these moments are happening. So the first one, it was late in the third quarter, uh, and, and the ball's in Jaguars territory. They're they're backed up a little bit, and Trevor escapes the pocket. He's rolling out to the right, yeah, and he just has no idea that Tyus Bowser's there, and he absolutely rocks Trevor Lawrence, and he fumbles it. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I saw that play. I was, just, you know, like I said, I was just rewatching the game and you feel for Trevor because he's trying to make a play. He's trying to pump fake. He's trying to get the first down and he just lost awareness of where the defender was. And that's tough. That's nothing you really coach. That's just, sometimes it's how it happens. And Mm -hmm. you want to say, hold on to the ball, tuck the ball. He's trying to pump fake. He's running. He's trying to get the first down and he didn't see him. So he he did turn the ball over. He fumbled. That's tough. But I mean, you can't, you can't fault him for that. He just, it was just one of those freak plays where, the rush got so far upfield that he lost track of him and didn't see him behind him. He just was focused on the, the player in front of him and ended up getting, you know, sacked and losing the ball. So for me personally, I can't fault him for that. I don't want to take the ball out of his hand and say, don't go out there and try to make a play and try to get the first down, first down. But you just say, Hey, you got to be aware of that. Make sure that next time, you know, you got that awareness of if the rush is upfield, that there could be somebody back there. And if you pump fake, make sure you get that ball tucked. But I don't. I don't want to really hold that one against him. I know there's a couple other plays that uh, were dropped by some DBs that possibly could have been uh, picked off, but or at least one that sticks out in my yeah. head. But uh, you know, besides that, I, I thought he played a, a pretty clean, pretty clean game. Well, and he had the uh, he had the fumble in the fourth quarter where he's trying to release the football and he's getting sacked Luke by Calais Campbell. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, Luke Fortner didn't have a great game in pass protection in this one, but he was an unsung hero in this football game for the Jaguars. He saved the game by jumping on that football. Yeah, Luke Fortner was the only one. He that that's the only sack that was given up was was by him. Was uh, everybody else in the game played pretty solid in the old line. Oh, yeah. I mean, the grades weren't too high, but they they did a good job. I thought um, I thought they did a really good job. And yeah. how about Zay Jones, man? Yeah, I, and I don't buy too much into the O line grades all the time. Yeah, but they didn't. No one on that offensive line outside of Luke Fortner allowed a single pressure. And when you go back and watch it, pressure it looks like sack, that. that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zay Jones, you were bringing up. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was unbelievably clutch. Like third down, fourth down, consistently late in the game, throwing amazing balls. Again with anticipation, on target, on time, accurate. Yeah. But you mentioned Zay Jones. The entire Jaguars receiving core made incredible plays down the stretch. 
Yeah, what a game. Jamichael Zay Hayes. Jones made the most, but Marvin Jones made important ones. Christian Kirk, middle of the field in the fourth quarter, had yeah. to go up and extend. Huge. There were some. They were playing great. Yeah, I, I, you know these guys, these playmakers are good, and I know people will underappreciate those guys. They're not big name guys. They're they're not really flashy. Zay Jones and, and Christian Kirk, but they catch the football. Marvin Jones as well. He had some big plays down the stretch, and then. A guy like Jamichael Hasty, obviously look at his numbers. They don't pop off the page to you, but if you watch the game, you realize that he was a big part of this victory. He got some hard yards. He caught some good balls. Obviously, he scored that touchdown. What a throw that was early in the game Yeah, to Jamichael Hasty. I mean, find it in the cover two, you find that hole, and he zipped it in there, and Jamichael Hasty, the heck of a catch. I think he's a he, – what a find he's been, and, and I'm a big fan of Jamichael Hasty after this game. I mean, this kid's got some talent. No fear at all. He's running hard. He's playing hard. We also saw Snoop Connor get his first NFL carries, but I love Jamal Hasty. I think he's a, a guy that could spell Travis Etienne whenever he's out of breath, and we're not going to miss too much. You know, obviously he's not Travis Etienne, but he brings some good stuff to this team. He's got an attitude. He's got a swagger about himself. He's not scared. He's gonna he's gonna stick it in there in the run game. He can catch the football. I really like this guy. Yeah, I do too, especially in space. And I think that the Jaguars like him in space. And I think once Daryl Henderson is uh, ready to go for the Jags, they picked up from the Rams, I think he'll probably get more of the inside work that you saw Jamichael Hasty get today. And maybe Snoop Connor will get more of that as well, because I do think both of those guys run with more power than Hasty is able to. Uh, but Hasty, you get him in space, and he's a playmaker. Yeah, the guy makes some plays that really – you know, I appreciated him because ETN goes down. You're like, oh, man, you know, we don't got James Robinson anymore. Like, what's going to – and then Hasty steps up, makes some big yeah. plays, not scared. Guy's playing with confidence. You know, that's tough sometimes when a guy gets thrown into a situation that they're not expecting. He wasn't expecting to get all that those plays. No way. He, he didn't think ETN was going to go down and, and miss the game. And uh, he stepped up. And I've seen it happen both ways. I've seen guys step up and play well and really take advantage of that situation. Now he just earned himself some more time. Or I've seen guys really fold under that pressure. They came in studying the, you know, their plays. Oh, I'm back up tight end. I'm back up running back today. I got like three, four plays that I'm going to have. Oh, crap. The starter's down. He was healthy mm-hmm. the last five, six games. He never gets hurt. He's down today. What do I do? Oh, my God. I want to play. Okay. This guy really stepped up, played well. Wanted the ball in his hand, and I appreciated that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the Jaguars should do their best to keep him around as a as a change of pace back, as a space back. Um, I do like what he brings a lot. Now, we've been praising the offense, and rightfully so. But what are your thoughts on how the Jaguars' defense performed in this one? I thought they played pretty well. I mean – Obviously, you don't want to give up 27. I mean, that's a little, little bit high. But overall, I thought they played well. The Jaguars turned over the ball a couple times, some some tough spots. And uh, you're playing against Lamar Jackson. I thought, you know, you look at the stats, guy has 80-something yards. But I thought they did a pretty good job of containing him. They made some big stops on third and fourth down. Obviously, he did run for some third downs. and But overall, I thought they played well. I mean, they, they, they did a pretty good job in pass coverage. I mean, he only completed about 50% of his passes. And on the stretch, they they, uh, they did some good things. Foye Lokan, I feel like he was all over the field. He had like yeah. 18 tackles, some like 
eight solos. Um, I thought Muma got some extended time this week. He played well. Um, the defensive backs you know, had some up and downs. Obviously, there was that big, that deep pass to uh, Deshaun. Grandfather Deshaun Jackson, man. I Did you play, play with him? Yeah, I played with Deshaun for, for yeah. three seasons in um Philly, man. That was my guy. I can, yeah. Seemed that literally a de- over a decade ago, we were playing together, and the guy's <laughs> still catching these balls. No, Deshaun, is that the Deshaun De- Jackson still out there? The guy just doesn't age. But I thought the the D played pretty well. What, what's your take? So I think there's aspects of the defense that did play well. I think, like you mentioned, Foya Luke, and I think that was his best game as a Jaguar. Um, you know, a big forced fumble on the first drive against Mark Andrews. This is a Pro Bowl tight end, yeah, one of the best tight ends in the game. Yeah, and Aluokin's able to force a fumble, big play. Um, you know, just the rules of the game made it so the Jaguars weren't able to recover that fumble with yeah. Chad Muma barely being out of bounds, his elbow being out Come of bounds. On, man, the guy's out of bounds. His leg touches the ball. Like, what is that? He didn't have possession of that football. <laughs> yeah. That's the rules, though, unfortunately. So it was a great performance by Foyer. And I do think not having to tell Devin Lloyd what to do as much freed Foyer up to play a little bit faster in this game. I think you're right. I think you're right. He's not playing the spot for two guys. Yeah. But uh, Muma, I think he reminds me of uh, – I mean, he's just a, a guy that you feel like you know, he knows what he's doing. He's going to be in the right spot. He's He's big. He can make some tackles, and he's not going to do anything crazy flashy, but he's a guy you can count on. So I, I like he can him. run too. He can run, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's 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 a good player. I think he'll he'll uh, he'll be a good player for them. I will say when you talk about these linebackers, you know the Jags invested a wild amount in the off-ball linebackers this year, signing Foyer to the fifteen million dollar per year deal drafting Devin Lloyd in the first round, trading up to get him in the first round, and then also going and getting Chad Muma in the third. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be a ways off before you see both of these guys replace Foye Lucan in the starting lineup. Yeah. Like the way Foye played when he wasn't having to, you know, be the training wheels for Devin Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he looked like more like a guy who you could understand why you're paying him $15 million per year. And yeah, that's uh, a lot of money to be paying a linebacker. And I was wondering that. And then you kind of see the flash. You see this guy yeah. had 18 tackles for it was like four TFLs. Maybe I don't know. He, had a, yeah. he, he was all over the place and he's a smart guy, but that's impressive, impressive game for him. But you want to see more of that. If you're paying a guy that much, he's got to consistently show up man. I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of cheddar. That's yeah, a lot, of and that's why I think you see Chad Muma out there. They've got to see if he can do it at a higher level. If he's not again, you know, trying to babysit. Yeah. Um, and I think Chad Muma did play better than Devin Lloyd has played over the last few weeks. Um, I think Devin Lloyd played better than Devin Lloyd had played over the last couple weeks. He still <laughs> didn't look great. Yeah. But uh, he played a little bit better. He wasn't as lost. He wasn't as um, lackadaisical when it came to taking on blocks. But uh, I think Devin Lloyd's just swimming a little bit right now. I think he's hurting a little bit. Uh, I think him and Trayvon Walker 
it just doesn't look like we're seeing the full extent of what those two players can be. And maybe that's that rookie wall. Do you have any experience with, you know, late in the season kind of hitting a wall? For me, the rookie wall was different because I was inactive for the first few weeks because we had a couple of tight ends in the roster. So for me, it was a normal year. I played like yeah. 10 games and that's what I played in college. So I never really hit that rookie wall, but a lot of these guys, it does happen. You're playing more games. You got a little bit longer of a training camp, but yeah, I want to see more from these guys. And obviously, you know, the talent that they both have and everybody cited preseason, the draft, they get both these guys that are looking good in training camp early in the year. And they really haven't lived up to a lot of the expectations you see in some of the other rookies uh, around the league take off and, and get better. And, and, and put up some numbers. And I'm still a believer in these guys. And I think that, you know, it's not the end all be all, but you definitely want to see more from a guy from two first round draft picks. These are guys who are supposed to be integral parts of your defense. That's why you draft them in the first round. It's a huge investment. And the fact that Devin Lloyd has been regressing week after week and now is, you know, out of the starting lineup. Uh, Trayvon Walker, I think, has two sacks all year. And I know he's got some pressures and He's done some other good things, but I mean, you just got, it's a, it's a numbers game. Sometimes you just got to get more done than that. And the fact that defense hasn't been playing well, you start to look at everything. I know these guys yeah. are rookies, but if you're the number one pick in the draft and, and then if you're a first round draft pick, you're supposed to come in and make a difference. I mean, maybe even a second round pick, but first it's like first, first 10 picks, obviously you know, you look around the league and you see everybody like Evan Neal's having a tough year. Um, some of these guys are obviously sauce is playing really well, but some of these guys drafted up there. Aiden Hutchinson's doing a pretty good job in, in, in Detroit, but you, yeah, you the just, corners are balling. What's the Jaguars biggest need right now? How funny is that? How <laughs> sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, you know, I'm in Chicago and I cover some bear stuff out here and I'm watching sauce lock up chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. And I'm just, Man, this guy, we shouldn't even be playing him right now. He should be on the Jaguars. But I like Trayvon Walker, and I think he can still turn into a dominant four. I mean, just look at the guy. But I want to see them start taking these steps. The rest of the season, I mean, you got to see something from these guys. Yeah, I don't know if limiting reps would help. Because, like, limiting Devin Lloyd's reps, I think, did help him a little bit yesterday. I don't know if that would help with Trayvon Walker. Um, cause he, he had the most pass rush snaps of any Jaguars player yesterday. And he was the only one that had pass rush snaps that had zero pressures. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe they move him I mean, inside. He did draw a holding late know. in the game. So I give him credit for that. He had beaten the left tackle and he was going to get around and create pressure. But that was the only play the whole game that he got the job done That's in the tough. pass rush department. If you're the first round in the draft, and here's the thing. This isn't a position. Edge defender obviously isn't the most cerebral position, right? A lot of times you say, hey, go out there, use your athletic ability, use your strength, use your speed, and get pressure on that quarterback. If you're a, if you're a first-round guy that's a, you know, a tackle, a tight end sometimes, and your quarterback obviously – I mean, there's a, there's a lot of learning and thinking, you know, and stuff. Okay, am I going to – these are positions that you should be able to make a difference at. You know, like, hey, go tackle that guy. And, and sometimes that's what it is with some of these with some of these schemes on defense. It, you know, some of these 
schemes are pretty simple when it's third down and eight, third down and six. You know, it's like, hey, you go sack the quarterback. So, yeah, you know, there's definitely got to be something there that that improves moving forward. I do wonder, you know, they've faced so many of these athletic mobile quarterbacks lately. Yeah, I wonder if uh, playing against Jared Goff could help out. Now the Lions have a fantastic offensive line, so we'll see how that plays out. But uh, I think that they have potential to be more effective against the less mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, I just watched this Lions team. Um, you know, obviously from the Bears' perspective, and I think that there's some. Uh, obviously, this defense has got some holes in it. The Bears. I think should have won that game. There were some questionable calls down the stretch, but obviously you can't rely on the, the referees. But Justin Fields had a day. I mean, he had a he had a really, really big historic rushing day. And I think there's some there's some things in the back. I think Trevor will have a day, and there's going to be a, a good chance for this offense to have have a good day. But the defense isn't isn't um, the 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 defense is still going to have to perform because there's some players on there. Amon Ra St. Brown murdered us for the uh, for the Lions. This guy's a really good receiver, and he's underrated. Mm-hmm. He, he said the name Amon Ra St. Brown. Who's who's that? Obviously, he's made a name for himself a little bit more this year. But this guy's great routes, can catch the ball, and plays well. And uh, the, the offense for the for the Lions is a little bit better than than people think. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a good game. And you look obviously when you see Lions Jaguars. There's going to be people asking, okay, at this point in the season, you got Aiden Hutchinson playing against Trayvon Walker. Who's better? Who made the right decision? Should the Jaguars take Hutchinson? Should they have, should they take Trayvon Walker? And you know that's going to that's going to be happening this week with this uh, with this game. Yeah, that's going to be something to monitor, no doubt about it. Um, there's there's some good connections between these two teams. The first and second overall pick connection obviously is there. You've got DJ Chark playing for the Lions. Yep. You've got um, Mark Brunel as their quarterback coach. Uh, so, yeah, there's some interesting stuff here uh, between the Jaguars and Lions, no doubt about it. And uh, it'll be a fun one to get into, but I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I don't know how it's not going to be a shootout, but before we get into that, I wanted to ask you your playing career. Like this, this was a crazy game, Jaguars yeah. and Ravens. Did you have anything that, like, you're watching this game and you're just having flashbacks to one of the games that you played in? I did have one of these, and um, Doug Peterson was there. So, Doug Peterson was our quarterback coach. So, what I was thinking when this is going on, and obviously, the, this game that I'm about to talk about is a little bit different because it was a little bit, there's a little bit more on the line. But uh, historically, this game became known as the Miracle in the Meadowlands Part Two, if you've ever, if you're familiar. And uh, Deshaun Jackson was also a part of that game as well. And I was a tight end, I was backup tight end, and we were down uh, 28 points. Uh, the, the the winner of this game wins the NFC East. This game was for the division. Everybody thought we were dead to rights, and it was just one of those crazy games where you scored a touchdown. You go, okay. They're not, they don't have their offensive, they don't got their hands unit on the field. Okay. Uh, onside kick, touchdown. Okay. Uh, interception, touchdown. Okay. This is, this is crazy. And next thing you know, I'm on the punt return unit. 
and we're talking to each other on unit. Hey, hey, if they punt this, you know, Deshaun's going to take it back. Deshaun's going to take this one back, and it's going to be a, a huge play for us. And if it, make sure you get your guy. There's no way they're going to punt it to him, but just make sure you lock your guy up. Punter messes up. Punts it to Deshaun Jackson. This game's tied. There's six seconds left. He punts it to Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson takes it back for a touchdown with no time left on the clock. And I tell you, that locker room, after the game, I'll never forget it, Coach Reed comes in. We're all jumping up and down, and he's like, hey, hey. I thought We thought we were about to get yelled at. Um, he grabs the water bucket. He throws it over his head, this empty water bucket. It goes through the ceiling. It's like one of those ceilings you could stick, like, the uh, the the pencils into. Yeah. And half, half the ceiling comes down with the water bucket. You can hear a pin drop. Everybody's quiet. All of a sudden, everybody starts going crazy. Yeah, jumping around, having fun. And that was in New York. And that's that's a memory. And it just get, kind of gave me, obviously, not as much on the line this game with the Jaguars, the Ravens, not as much on the line. But that was still a special game. Drive down the field, yeah. two minutes, no timeouts, score the touchdown, go for two, win the game, signature win for Trevor Lawrence. I thought th- that reminded me a little bit of that uh, Middle Lands part too. Yeah, and just crazy things happening at the end of the games, and yeah, I, I and that that was one of the craziest endings of all time. I mean, bottom line, I'm talking about your experience yeah. with Deshaun Jackson <laughs> returning that punt. Goodness Incredible. gracious! Just the fact that I could tell that story to my kids one day. If I have kids, I know my mom keeps wondering when I'm going to have kids. Sorry, mom, I'm working on it. But, uh, you know, that's that game is one of my favorite memories I'll ever have in, in a football uniform. And Doug Peterson and, and Deshaun Jackson are part of both of these contests. That's, that's a funny part. Doug Peterson was our quarterback coach, <laughs> coaching Michael for the time. And uh, Deshaun Jackson was one catching the football and returning the punt return for, for the touchdown and then catching the big pass against, uh, you know, against our Jaguars from Lamar Jackson. How about yeah, he's trying to do it again? Doing it again. Get out of here, Deshaun. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stuff. I see you're ready to go with your uh, USA hat. I know we got the big game against Iran tonight. Obviously, it's a Jaguars podcast. We got to give a shout out to our team, oh, yeah. USA boys. Let's get the W. You know, football Absolutely. and football, but uh, I think it's called soccer. I don't know about you, but I think we get the W tonight. We we uh, we move on to the elimination round. Yeah, I mean, I acknowledge that we should call it football, but I call it soccer. Like, it's just too confusing. Like, we live in America. Football, football. football. American football is king here. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. But I don't uh, know. I'm Imagine if our actual football, though. Or, or you soccer. Say? Imagine if our athletes played soccer. You know, you got Tyree oh, yeah. Kill out I mean, there in a soccer field. It would be over. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the best athletes from America were playing soccer, they'd probably be the best. But that's just not the way it is, and that's fine. They've got some great athletes on the team, regardless. Uh, I know. I just, I just don't like not being the best at something that's so important to the rest of the world. Is yeah. my, uh, I don't. And they're pretty good right now. I mean, they tied with England. That was a really competitive contest. Uh, tied with Wales. Be- Listen to this, Jordan. Wales has three million people in their entire country, right? Yeah. Here in Chicago, I'm in Chicago right now. Here in Chicago, 
We got we got more than that. Wells, USA has 334 million people. Wells has three. And we're tying. We have that big of a pool to pick from, and we can't find more players, better players in Wales that has the city of Chicago versus the U the rest of the USA. Like, I don't know. Obviously well, I do doesn't... think that I think that USA looked better than Wales in that contest, and just the way soccer is. There's not yeah. a lot of scoring all the time. It's very yeah. easy to end up tied with a team that you are are better than and played better than. I think that's what happened against Wales. Um, but I'm excited for that one. Again, it's at 2 p.m., USA versus Iran. U.S. needs that one to be able to, uh, to, be able to advance, I believe. So I can't wait to watch it. Excited for it. But talking about, yeah. talking about the Jaguars – um, and this performance, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that Travis Etienne didn't play outside yeah. of the first drive. I think he got a minor foot issue on a sprain is what they're calling it on the first drive of the game. Missed the rest of the game. It was weird because they said, well, he's questionable return. Then they said, well, he's probable to return. Then he never came back. After the game, Doug Peterson says he's fine. Travis Etienne says he's fine. Yesterday on Monday, again, same thing. Doug Peterson says Travis Etienne should be good to go for this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. But it is the same foot that he had the Liz Frank uh, last year. So I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert on these foot injuries, but I'm glad they held him out. And I wouldn't blame them for holding him out longer if there's any real issue going on. Yeah, I think it probably had something to do with how well uh, Jermichael Hasey was playing too, and Doug didn't want to risk re-injuring Travis Etienne, who's been such an integral part of this offense this season. So I'm, I'm imagine. I mean, that's my theory at least. That that's why he was probable to return. I heard it. Uh, that's what the reporter told us at least. Like, okay, Etienne's coming back, unless I'm blind, unless I'm missing something. I didn't see him come back in that game. <laughs> so I think it has something to do with the fact that Hasey was playing well and. Doug felt like he could get by with him and didn't have to risk, you know, playing with a Travis Etienne with a sore foot. So hopefully yeah. he's ready to go. Everybody seems to say that he's okay. And um, obviously hope, you know, that because that, he's been one of the best weapons on the team this year, if not the best weapon on the team. So obviously you're hoping that he's okay and ready to go against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I think that makes it even more impressive what they did this past week because they didn't really have a running game. I know Hasty had some decent runs, but most of his work was in space, as I mentioned. They didn't have a traditional running game against the Ravens, so they were fairly one-dimensional Like from a passing, from an offensive standpoint. They were throwing the ball. They were not running the ball a lot, and they were not running the ball super effectively. Um, and that's kind of how it was against the Chiefs, too. The Chiefs were shutting down the run. So for me... The way the offense has played without a, you know, balanced attack over the last couple of weeks is impressive to do it that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Without that balance, and that just gives you more respect for what Trevor Lawrence has been able to do. And yeah, I think he's going to have another big game. I've seen this Detroit defense. I'm not put a put a hex on him here, but you know, Justin Fields isn't the best quarterback as far as just throwing the singing the ball he's you know he wins a lot with his athleticism and I think there was a lot of holes in that secondary that a guy like Trevor Lawrence that can really sling the rock is going to be able to take care of and I'm just talking about the game that I studied you know I watched all 22 of that game you know I watched it live and 
I haven't seen the, the last two games of the Lions, but the game that I did see, I felt like there were some holes in this defense and the, the Jaguars would be able to do a good job exploiting those, especially with uh, mad scientist uh, Doug Peterson calling these plays, man. This guy's incredible. Yeah, he is. And he's been he's been on it all year when it comes to giving Trevor Lawrence answers. And now Trevor is really starting to find them quickly. Uh, the other thing about his performances recently, he's now second in the league this year in time to throw at, I think, 2.4 or 2.5 seconds. And then he led the league this week in terms of quickest time to throw at 2.3 wow. seconds. That goes to the processing. That goes to the answers that Doug is giving him on these reads. And uh, it's just so impressive to me. But talking about Detroit and Jacksonville, this is two defenses that are struggling and two offenses that are putting up a lot of points, putting up a lot of yards, moving the ball very easily. I don't know how this game is not a shootout. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout. I'm take, I don't know what the over is, over under is, but I'm taking the over. It's going to be a shootout. It's, I think it'll be an exciting game to uh, to watch. I, think, I mean, I love to watch offensive football. Obviously, I'm an offensive player, so I'm, I'm a little bit biased there. But uh, I, th- I think this game will be will be an offensive shootout. I want to check and see what the uh, the spread is here. It's uh, okay. It, the, the they got Detroit minus one, so the Jags are favored by uh, by one point here. I don't see the over under yet, but I can pull it up here. Let's see. Yeah. But yeah, I'm on Ron St. Brown. Like looking at this roster, I mean they're good. They're a good squad. They're a good squad. Yeah. So looks like the Lions are favored by one. Yeah. Where is the over under? I didn't see the over. I don't know if they got that line yet. I don't know what's going on here? They should on a Tuesday. Come on now. Yeah. What are they doing? Well, anyways. I'm sure it's going to be a high-flying contest uh, between two offenses, again, that are playing very well, two offensive lines that are playing really well, and uh, two defenses that are allowing a lot of yards and a lot of points. Both defenses are in the bottom third in DVOA. Both offenses are doing really well right now. So I just I, I think it should be a fun game between two fun young teams that uh, have coaches that you really respect and like and uh, two very different coaches, clearly but two coaches that you like for different reasons. And, and you love Trevor Lawrence. You love a lot of the Lions' young pieces. Uh, Jared Goff is playing good football for the Lions. So I'm excited about this contest. Is yeah, it a must-win? Inside, yeah. And the Titans are playing against the Eagles. So yeah. Eagles are 9-10-1. and uh, Should be 11-0 in my opinion. But it's another game you could pick up right there. And the, the Jaguars still play the Titans twice. So if you can come to 5-7 and – Okay, then the Titans are down to seven and five. Hey, you got two and games. And then you play the Titans. You play the Titans. So you have the two games week. left against the team. So, I mean, the chance is there. All you want is an opportunity. Obviously, it's tough to beat a team twice in this league. But, hey, you win this week. The, the Eagles handle business. They're favored by, by four points. Then five and a half points. I'm sorry then it looks like there's an opportunity because you do play this team twice. So you're down two games. The ball's in your court still, which is crazy. You can control your own destiny if you win this game and they lose. 
Like, is that after the season that the Jaguars have had, they could still yes. control their own destiny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If the Eagles beat the Titans and the Jaguars beat the Lions, the Jaguars are in control of their own destiny. Yeah, they could. They just have to. They just have to win out, obviously, and then beat the beat the Titans twice when they play them. Obviously, that's a lot, but you're still in control of your you own know, destiny. They could potentially lose one more game. Because if you beat the Titans twice and the Titans also lose to the Eagles, that puts them at seven losses. They would only need to lose one more game. Yeah. Now, let's be realistic here. Jaguars beating the Titans twice, that's a tall order. The Jaguars yeah. never beat the Titans. <laughs> yeah. And you also have to beat the Houston Texans, who yep. you never beat. Yeah. And I know on paper you're like, damn, the Jaguars got this one. That's what you said earlier this year, too. Guess yeah. what? They lost. That's what you said last year. Guess what? They lost. Yep. That's what you said the year before. Guess what? They lost. Like the Texans, despite being, you know, even worse than the Jaguars over the last few years. Yeah. They're the one team that the Texans beat. And you'd be looking at the Texans being the team in the, the draft that is earning the top pick every year had the Texans not been playing against the Jaguars twice a year. Exactly. But Hey, I think this is the year, baby. This could this could be this could be some this could shape up to be some interesting stuff down the stretch. They just take care of business this week at Detroit. Eagles take care of business. This is going to be an interesting run down the stretch. And that that game next week turns into you know a very important game. If yeah. uh, if if the Eagles handle their business, Titans lose, and the Jaguars win against the Lions. Inside, you know, it's controlled, temperature control. They should have a good offensive outing here. Could get interesting. Yeah. Then that game against the Titans the following weekend, Tennessee becomes the most important game the Jaguars have played since 2017. Yeah. And that's just fun. I mean, that's just fun. That's what you want. Yep, it is. So, um, that is going to pretty much do it for this because we talked about the Jaguars playoff run potentially. We talked about is Detroit a must win. I think it is. Even if you talk. Oh, you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Even if you talk about, oh, well, the Jaguars could lose to the Lions and get sneak into the playoffs at nine and eight. I think that's a tall order. I think you've got to run the table. Run the table. Let's not leave this. Run the table, baby. Let's go. Trevor Lawrence has had his signature victory. Got the Lions in Detroit, inside on the turf, on the carpet, Ford Field, downtown Detroit, win this game. They're four and seven. Yeah. You're favored. And your your team, the Titans that you're chasing, is playing against the best team in the NFL. Win this game, pick up the game. And the next week becomes very interesting. It sure does. And I think that's all you could ask for in the first season of a new head coach, first season with Trevor Lawrence in this system, a lot of young pieces. Everything is not going as smoothly as you had hoped, certainly on the defensive side of the ball, but the offense is moving in the right direction, playing great ball, up against the Lions, another great offense with a poor defense. I'm fired up for that contest, but that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Subscribe to Believe in Jaguars on your podcast platform of choice. Review if you enjoy the show. You can also check us out on the Gen Jag YouTube channel if you want the video format of the show. 
before we get out of here, Clay's got to hit you with a. Okay, I'm I'm going to change it up today just oh. because just because today is a big day for the country. I'm just going to get us with the USA, USA. And then obviously Beautiful. we got to up with the Duval. <laughs> we got to represent all of our rooting interests here. Absolutely. You want to drop a De Bears on them as well? <laughs> no, we will. This is this is believing Jaguars, baby. We'll just we'll save that for the for the Chicago people. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Clay, I had a great time talking some Jags football with you. Uh, excited to do it again soon. Um, excited to watch this Team USA matchup, and excited to see the Jags and Lions this weekend. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday, Duval. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.